You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome, Nanalog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve, and returning to talk about another Top Gun film, it is Brad. First off, Steve, how are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I, I, I'm battling a little bit of a cold for everyone, so a little congested. Coming off of COVID myself, but right now, I'm good. I'm very good. Well, I had a friend tell me the only way to beat a virus is whiskey, so I'm ready. Did it. Took care of it. So how did you watch this, and what is your... Like one word reaction. Uh, one word. I mean, just one of the greatest movie experiences I've ever, one of the greatest movies I've ever experienced. I mean, this movie is just incredible. Yeah. Did you see it in the theater with like IMAX? I did. Yeah. That's immersive. You know, I, you know, I was skeptical. You were skeptical. I think we were all skeptical because we were talking earlier about, you know, this 36 year gap between sequel, between movies and how we've been kind of burned in the past on this. And I was kind of halfway expecting a, like a lazy kind of mailed in movie, you know, but then the reviews started coming in a couple of days out and I'm thinking, wait, we might have something here, you know, and then, man, it just gets going. It's danger zone, just rips into it right from the first scene. And you're just like, and you're off. My like little reaction is this is nostalgia done right. They kind of captured what you're supposed to do. There's callbacks that kind of make sense. There's a lot of new. And really, the most important thing is they gave you a story worth watching. Yes, yes, they did. And it's like, you know, it's it's not something you're going to expect if you haven't seen this movie yet. You know, this is a movie that people went into it wanting to hate it, you know, before they walked in and walking out saying this is great. Yeah, I mean, we're getting used to that, too, where like people just want to dislike something. It's just, oh, you know, you're not going to top the original. Why remake it? And I get that to a certain extent. I've. I, you know, kind of echo that sometimes where I'm like, what's the point? And I would have told you, and I did, I think mention this in the past. I was like, I don't really get the point of remaking this movie or not remaking it. I don't get the point of a sequel. I mean, what is there more to tell about Maverick? And I was wrong. Like, I'll eat crow on that. I, I have no problem. I, I was completely wrong. They found something and I was totally invested in the character's journey and the team's journey, the mission's journey. The whole journey, like from start to finish. And this is a, you know, a movie about two hours, 15 minutes or something like that. And other than me having to pee the entire third act, it flies by. I mean, I'm I'm on the edge of my seat. There are literally sometimes where I'm like on the edge of my seat. It was just a ride. You know, it was like, yeah, two hours and 15 minutes plus about 30 minutes of like previews and commercials ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. I had seven trailers. I don't know if you counted, but I had seven. I'm like, I think we were something oh. like that too. Yeah. Yeah. What was I going to say? But I got a bunch of things I want to say without getting into spoilers too bad here. Yeah. We will oh, we'll glance over the movie as much as we can talk about some characters and then we'll give you a giant warning to get off and we'll talk about spoilers, the end, the third act, especially and all this. So, you know, we'll talk about Pete Mitchell. We find him. He's a captain which is kind of an insult to his character in this movie, which I thought was yeah, hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> I, one thing I thought, just without spoiling too much, I just thought how it was, it was hilarious. I think I actually laughed out loud in the theater how 
he's been going around for the last 36 years, just continually just pissing everybody off where he goes and Iceman is continually having to bail him out. Yes, we do get Iceman in this movie for a brief. Uh, I mean, he's actually his presence is more felt in this in this movie than his his uh, character. And we'll discuss that, you know, later on. But we find Pete Mitchell in the trailers kind of showed this, that he is working with an experimental craft that's trying to hit 10 G's and he would be the fastest man alive if they pulled this off. And, you know, the beginning, I don't want to talk about too much. We'll get into the spoilers about what everything was. But, you know, he he ends up pissing someone off. I mean, <laughs> not much of a spoiler there. It's Pete Mitchell. It's Maverick. I mean, his call name like says it all. He pisses someone off and his punishment, which is hysterical, is he has to become an instructor in Top Gun again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were like, we're going to grant you permanently, but, you know, by the grace of God, Iceman saves your ass again. And it's kind of cool because they have a great reason why he's going back to Top Gun. They present this mission to him, which is like the total Death Star impossible suicide mission. And they're like, yeah, so uh, no one really flies jets anymore in dogfights. And you're the last man to shoot down planes in a dogfight. So, uh, yeah, you need to train these jet pilots. <laughs> you're so old. <laughs> yeah. And he goes back there. Like, I like how he shows up and he goes to the bar and uh, Penny's working there. You know, you know, I, I'm always doing this. I always have to be this guy, though. So going back to 1986, remember the line? They're getting ripped out. Like Stinger's just chewing their asses for, like, some of the stuff that Maverick was pulling, right, you know, to help out Cougar get back to the plane and everything. And is that the line? He's like, history of high-speed passes over five air control towers and one admiral's daughter. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was Penny Benjamin. So well, that's her character. But, okay, so in real life, Jennifer Connelly's 52 years old. And this that quote took place 36 years ago. So do the math on that. All right, so she's 52, 36, so we got 12. Um, okay, well, let's just say oh, she she's 18. <laughs> let's just say she's 18. I'm not doing that. Nope. <laughs> so, um, just like the movie, just not to spoil too much, just like the original, the casting, I, I thought the casting was just tremendous like the first movie was. Just the characters are so memorable. So, I loved Goose Goose's son. Um, his call name is Rooster. I do not remember the actual character's name. Oh, Bradley Bradshaw. Bradley Bradshaw. Yeah, I knew it was kind of funny. Um, I don't see Bradley Bradshaw. Oh, that's hilarious. I got your Alexa. Yeah. Or was that Siri? I couldn't tell. That was Siri, I think. Siri? Okay. Uh, Bradley Bradshaw, played by Miles Teller, uh, who definitely had been working out for this. Oh, my God. Now mine's going off. What's up? What are these things doing? Okay. All right, well, I mean, they're taking over. I'm going to put that in my pocket. Get out of here, Siri. Yeah, Miles Teller was ripped. Uh, And so were a lot of these people. Oh, yeah. Like, if you like abs, you're going to love this movie. Yeah, and uh, who is the the, uh, female pilot of Phoenix? Uh, Monica Barbero. You know, okay, I'm going to point this out. Thank you for not pushing an agenda. She's just a military pilot who happens to be a female. Yeah. It was nice to see more representation in this movie, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like, you know, it, it was just natural, you know, like it would be for real, not like uh kind of the four star Wars level of stuff. Like, no, I, I mean, there wasn't lines where she's like, I'm the first female pilot to ever blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, 
she's just really good at what she does and she's there for a reason. She's earned it. And it was kind of like, oh, thank you for not doing the whole mostly Disney thing where they're just like, we must put this message out. Get the agenda done. Yes. It's like, oh, yes, you see this? This is a strong woman character. It's a strong woman. And you guys just don't get it because she's a strong woman. It's like, okay, I guess you guys don't remember aliens from like 1986 either with the strong female lead. Yeah, I mean, we can't get into the spoilers yet. But what was great was she was making mistakes. She was vulnerable. And guess what? She became stronger at the end because she made mistakes and was vulnerable. Like she was a human. Yeah. That's what we do. She was, and she also had some tremendous one-liners. She was a fun character, and and she was still strong, and she was still human because she made mistakes and stuff. I'm like, this, you do not have to write women like, you know, they are always on a mission, or they're invincible. Like, it's just, thank you, thank you. And also, thank you for not insulting the original film by, like, belittling it or anything. Or where they put in, you know, these like little snarky lines making fun of the original. No, they were just they were just characters going through their own timeline. Yeah. You know, one thing I came out of this movie thinking was that, you know, if there had never been an original Top Gun, people would be clamming for a prequel right now. I mean, I know Tom Cruise is is pushing 60 or maybe he's already 60. I don't know. The guy's found a fountain of youth. He's a freak of nature. I don't think he's human. Scientology has made him some type of ghost thing. I don't know. I don't know shit about Scientology other than it's uh, kind of crazy, but isn't all religion not defending Scientology there, though? <laughs> I mean, I don't know, unless it makes you it makes you into a great performer and just a producer of tremendous movies. I mean, yeah, apparently. I mean, they bring it. But I wouldn't mind seeing another one of this. But at the same time, I'd be afraid that it would. there's no way it could hold up. Like, you can't keep getting better. Yeah. But I say that, and then I look at the Mission Impossibles, and I'm like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, son of a bitch can make some movies, I tell you what. He was adamant this movie, one of the reasons that it got delayed for so long, he was adamant this not be released on streaming services first. This, he was adamant this is going to be shown in theaters. Did you get the theater message that he gave? Yeah. Thanking everyone coming out to the theater. We've worked really hard to make this as realistic as possible, and... This is a theater experience. I caught that. And I was like, okay, there's got to be a little bit in there where, you know, the studio is like, yes, thank you for coming. Holy shit. We spent a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that thing was sitting on the shelf for a long time. I think originally it was the originally scheduled date for it to come out was July 12th, 2019. So we're pushing like three years. It's been a while. Even I, I you know, I don't know how often the actors came back in to do their you know, if there were any reshoots or anything, because I, I really haven't paid attention to it. I just knew it was delayed. And right when you see the delays, you're like, oh, shit. But it doesn't sound like it was writing delays. It sounded like it was perfectionist delays. Like, this has to be perfect. They shot over 800 hours of footage for this movie. That's more than the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy combined. Yeah. And I noticed a credit to the Air Force, which was heavily the Navy and the Air Force was heavily involved in this. Yeah. And I heard many theaters had Navy and uh, Air Force recruiters outside. Well, I mean, yeah, because it was if I was 10 years old today, I mean, it would hit me like the first one did all those years ago. You know, there's only so, it's kind of a lie because there's only so many pilots. You know, most of the people in aviation are like completely different jobs. 
only like two percent of the air force is actual aviation pilots <laughs> yeah they're not they don't tell you you're gonna go and do something that sucks you know well yeah no one's gonna tell you that you're gonna be like you know helping them land i don't know what that would be but i'm sure someone out there is listening is like oh yeah that was my job yeah they don't tell you like you're gonna go be a maintainer and work all night to keep those things up and running you know when it's like negative 10 degrees outside or 114 you know it's like yeah (laughs) you're the air traffic controller there on an aircraft and like the indian ocean has got like winds of 60 miles an hour coming off the coast because nothing's there to block it have fun kid yeah uh but anyway it it was a badass recruitment video i I mean is one of the greatest sequels in recruitment videos i've ever seen totally totally and even this time there this time around the air force is just like we're not even gonna bother trying to make a competitor it's like we learned our lesson with iron eagle it's like no we'll just like tag on with this and and call it good yeah and going further on into the characters um hangman is an absolute 80s villain treasure like plucked out of the 80s and put in it's like if this was wrestling like he would like he'd be over like and he was over quick i mean this guy is legit oh man he was a perfect heel Oh, God, yes. Iceman is tough to beat, okay, from the original one. You know, it has that turn at the end. You're just like, you know what? You're still dangerous, but you can, you know, you can fly with me. any. T- you can be my wingman anytime. And then, you know, the great line, no, you can be my wingman. Uh, yeah. Uh, with this one, you know, we won't spoil anything. We'll talk about it later. But I can tell you the hangman is milking, milking his lines. It's great. And it's not too far over the top. It's just right. Right, you know, and just the rest of the crew, too. They just all played so well together. And Tom Cruise is the guy who recruited all these people and cast all these people and kind of trained them to do things the way he wanted them to do it. But just the interactions between Hangman and Bob and Phoenix and, well, Rooster and Coyote and and, uh, Payback, Fanboy. I mean, those guys, just their interactions. I mean, this is... I mean, this is just as good as the first movie, if not even better in some cases. And I thought I would never experience that. I'm there with you. There are times where I'm like, is this better than Tony Scott's Top Gun? Well, I'll tell you what, Rotten Tomatoes sure thinks though. Like, as far as like the critics' ratings goes, it's like 97% for Top Gun Maverick, and like 50, 57. That seems awfully low to me for critics' rating for top, the original Top Gun. But audience score: 99% for Top Gun Maverick, 83% for the original. I, I, you know, I imagine this one's better because the characters feel more fleshed out. They feel more authentic, real. Uh, while some of the characters clearly in the original Top Gun are, are more like, you know, 80s characters, you know, but that's kind ty- kind of what the movie was going for. Uh, I think the Jerry Bruckheimer, you know, produced movie back then, you know, with Tony Scott was kind of like they're not quite cardboard cutouts, you know, but, they, you know, they have the 80s template of some of these muscle bound guys that are just there to be cool and say cool lines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to be kind to the original one, but that's absolutely what it is. This one didn't feel like that, but they still felt very cool. Yeah, that's what I was really afraid. It was going to just kind of be like that again, where it's going to be like, you know, just kind of the same formula, just but it wasn't. And and uh, you're right. They were very cool. It was authentic. It, it was just, you know, movies are supposed to be fun or most of the time anyway, you know, yeah. especially the way things have been these last couple of years. It's like people really wanted to go to go see a movie that's fun and awesome and just you know this one is every bit fun and awesome i mean to get a little real for a second you know like hearing all these mass shootings everywhere school shootings mass shootings 
you know, just being like inundated with that and you're like, fuck, you feel helpless. And, you know, you and I have a little one and yours is much closer to going to just regular school, right? Mm-hmm. I know that it is. I don't know why I said right. <laughs> like you're going to actually no. Well, she turned one again. Uh. <laughs> yeah. No, it, like you're you're scared and, you know, you're like you feel helpless and you're like, fuck, what are we going to do? And then I get to go to this movie and completely forget everything for a little bit. And it was fun. It felt like a kid again. I felt like a kid watching this. And I think that's one of the greatest compliments of this movie. I can get, I can give to this movie. You made me feel the magic of movies for two hours, two and a half hours. And I just felt like a kid again. Yeah, totally here with me too. I mean, I went to that movie and I was like, you know, this is the most fun I've had in a movie since I can't remember the most engaged I've been. I've been so, I was like engaged the whole time, the two and a half, two hours and 15 minutes. I mean, it just flies by and cause there's it just keeps going the whole time. Yeah. You know, it gets to the end and it's just like, okay, I'm a little tired by the end of the movie, I guess. Cause it's so engaging and so, so uh, edge of your seat, literally edge of your seat action. I mean, this is like, yeah, I'm there with you. I just can't recommend enough. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely go get it. And Bob was a treasure. What's your call sign? No, it's just Bob. Does that stand for something? <laughs> um, no, just Bob. I love him. And John Hamm, uh, you can walk with your head held high because I think all of the, I don't want to say evil, like superiors, but he, he was bordering on the like evil. I want to take this all away from you. Definitely. You can, you can walk around with some of the uh, evil superiors of the past because I, I thought you did a great job. Yeah, you know, and like the just the teaming with him and Warlock too. Like, you know, Warlock and Maverick are old friends and just his comic his comedic timing in this was just it was just awesome. Yeah, I wonder how hard it was for them to keep some of the other guys out. Like Jester or what was his old co pilot uh from the original film? Um You'd have Merlin on there. Tim yeah. Robbins would be kinda Sun No, it stuff. was Sundown, Sunrise from the original film. Oh, you're talking like Slider or something? Like he didn't fly with Slider. Uh, I'm going to go look it up. Top Gun 86. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm totally am blanking on his. Yeah, well, I think I think um, Viper is about like 85 years old or something. So that's. Uh, Sundown. Clarence uh, Gilliard Jr. Oh, OK. OK. Let's check to see. You know what? I don't even know if he's alive. No, he's, he's alive. Yeah, I wonder, you know, why they didn't use more. Of their original guys, I guess you don't want to put too many in there to make it too much of a throwback. But it was great seeing Iceman in there. Well, plus Clarence, I mean, Sundown was obviously older than Maverick. So I, I definitely, you know, maybe they could have just assumed like, yeah, he would be retired, though. It's tough to still be in any of the armed forces, you know, pushing 65 or 70. Well, yeah, there's, you can't be in, if, unless, the, unless the rules have changed, you can't be stay in longer than age 65. You get yeah. out of mandatory retired at that point. And I don't know if that's the way it is anymore. I probably would assume it would still be that way. Either way, let's just assume it is. E- even if they've, you know, they've increased it, what, what, 66, <laughs> 67? They can't increase it that much. No, and they're also not going to let you fly jets for 40 straight years either, or for 38 years, or yeah, <laughs> like how Maverick has either. Yeah, I I wonder how many um, because I I got some I watched some uh, was listening to some YouTube stuff about pilots reacting to this movie and almost all of it was positive. They're just like, whoa, wow. But well, they're uh, the one guys was like, I can't believe they put actors in these jets and did this. 
Yeah, so I guess I was reading some, doing some research on this. I read they were flying a lot of those scenes in the, the Czech L-39 Albatross. It's a training aircraft, which would make sense, which means you could have a pilot, like a professional like pilot in the back seat. Yeah. And then um, have the uh, actor in the front seat kind of working. They had to learn how to work the cameras and everything, too, in there. Because there's just not enough room for a camera crew. But it would make sense if you get into some trouble or say you need to do some advanced maneuvers or something to have like the pro like pulling those off. So, oh, yeah, they went to like they went to flight acting school uh, for like two, three weeks where it was them learning how to react to what the pilot in the backseat was going to be doing, like to make them look real. Uh, so like, you know, because there is a pilot, you know, I don't know how the hell that pilot would do that. I mean, that just seems crazy to me, right? Like having, <laughs> like, you're not even looking forward to fly. How's that possible? Um, God, I can't remember. They were showing them fly and they were in the front and someone was clearly in the back. And I assume they were piloting the, you know, the, the jet. Yeah. Not sure how that works. And it's like, Neither I've actually I. flown in one of those planes. I've flown in one of those planes before and I freaking forgot. So. They created a camera specifically for this movie, which I thought was incredible uh, that they attached to another, you know, jet following these things around. It's just nuts. And then they said um, almost all of this is practical. Yeah. I mean, kudos. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think we, we spoke enough about the characters and lightly touched on the story. You want to go into some spoilers? Yeah, so everyone, uh, if you don't want to have the movie spoiled, I would uh, turn it off and go drive directly to your theater and get tickets to Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, bring a date. Bring your wife. Bring someone. Yeah, you'll want to talk afterwards. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Here we go. Spoiler time. Uh, that uh, training mission, when he pushes it, not, not only does he go out and like just beat the admiral, rear admiral Ed Harris there, which I thought was hilarious. That was perfect Maverick move. Yeah. But when he hits the 10 G's and then pushes it more, I'm like, come on, dude. <laughs> Hondo's like, no, he's like, don't do it. Don't do it. Because, you know, Maverick can't help himself at that point. You know, he's already got it to Mach 10. He's like, well, I'm going to go push it farther after he was told not to do that. Yeah, of course. And after he's already set the record. He's the fastest man alive, right? So, yeah. You know, another thing about that, if you do, if you were watching closely, there's a little skunk on the on the tail of that aircraft, which is an homage to the old Lockheed Martin skunk works, and that's who they're working with. To the engineering team there, like Lockheed Martin, you could, they were wearing like polos or some kind of identification on their clothing there. So, oh, that's awesome. I love all those little Easter eggs. It was an old program from the. Oh geez, the seventies or no? I think the seventies uh, or eighties. I can't. I got. The, I've read the book and I haven't read it for a while. But it's like kind of how the F one seventeen was developed in secrecy. Well, and it's also great because it's a callback to the film when they're like going up the the coffin dive or no the coffin ex whatever when they're like going straight up and hitting like nine G's and the one guy blacks out at one point. Just like how it's a callback to like he's like, no, you can survive this G force. I've done it. And I can tell you when when they're they're doing this mission and he gets kicked off because they don't feel like he's making enough progress when he makes that run. He's already done a million things to get fired or, you know, to get dishonorably discharged. He basically goes and gets in a plane and like, I don't know how he got it, but he just goes and like kind of takes a plane and and basically leaves it in condition where it might not even be flyable again. Yeah, I thought that was so interesting. I'm like, wow. 
you like took that thing to the brink, you know, like red lighting it the whole time. And they're like that $30 million plane probably can't fly anymore or whatever the cost of it is. Yeah. So I think the mission itself, that was an homage to um, an Israeli mission against an Iraqi nuclear facility in the, from the 1980s where they flew really low and didn't have to go through like mountains and stuff, but uh, kind of the same sort of uh, same sort of mission like that, where they have a nuclear facility they need to take out and it's pretty, pretty daring, pretty dangerous. I mean, honestly, I don't think the American military would even allow it to happen. No, no, no. You would just level every Sam and just hit it from high altitude. And like, even if you didn't, you know, hit the facility, you would make the facility useless to ever go back to and just level it. Yeah, you would just like kind of crater the whole valley and be like, well, we spent a lot of money to create, you know, like a coffin for it. Yes. Would it still work? Sure. But let's see workers get into it. And uh, another thing, after Mavericks get shot down, they would not come. They wouldn't try to kill him. They, he'd be the one guy they'd want to capture. First off, they'd be like, "This son of a bitch already shot down three of our planes thirty six years ago. I want to like interrogate this guy." They wouldn't go. Last thing they'd do would be trying to kill him. They'd want to bring him in. Yeah, I was. That's the first thing. If like if I just saw a pilot do that run, I'd be like, "No, no, 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 capture him." I'm gonna I'm gonna try to break him not to like get information. I, I just want to know how you did that shit. That's insane. Yeah, they'd want a piece of propaganda. That too. They could have captured the like last American dogfighter. Yeah, but it did make for a good movie though, with uh, Rooster coming back and blasting that hind helicopter out of the sky, and then and then Maverick's like, "What were you thinking?" He's like, "You told me not to think." Yeah, that was a great moment, a great pause where they just both stare at each other, like, "Well, it's good to see you." <laughs> I do love how they made Rooster's character uh real how he would respond to pete mitchell after holding him back and costing him years in the academy you know took away years of him flying it's very resentful and he's like yeah this is the thing i've wanted to do my whole life and you set me back four years yeah he was more resentful about that than him kind of sort of being responsible for his dad's death even though you know like a, a trial said he wasn't it was an accident they made that character very real yeah Okay, yeah, so when when he goes back and he blows up the helicopter, I'm like, well, how the hell are you going to stay, you know, because <laughs> you yeah. just like everyone disobeys John Hamm's character. Isn't that true? Like nobody like follows his rules. It's like as soon as Maverick like starts breaking the rules, like nobody, nobody follows John Hamm's rules anymore. Yeah, I mean, I I really wonder if they're like. Oh, man, this is like a real I mean, the original was, too, but this is like a real like fuck off to the authority. Yeah, I don't think the three star admiral is too used to people like telling him to fuck off. You <laughs> yeah. know, it's kind of like and I do love John Hamm. He's like when he like completes that run and he shows everyone that it can be done. He goes, you put me in a really bad spot. Do I take the guy <laughs> who just did the impossible run and could train these pilots to do it and, you know, dishonorably discharge him? Or do I take the pilot who completely disobeyed me and put him back in charge? <laughs> do I risk my career? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, dude. I would just cancel the mission. <laughs> Find another way. Level it. Uh, so what would you think about Val Kilmer's uh, scene? Oh, I loved seeing him in there. I loved. I thought it was funny how they were like him and him and Maverick were texting each other, like basically what would be like high level, highly sensitive information over their cell phones while Maverick's sitting at the bar. Yeah, like two old people would. Yeah, I mean, politicians have have shown that they just don't really give a shit about security. 
But then, okay, so he's at the bar and he gets rung up to you know, buy a round for everybody. And those guys are kind of giving him shit. It's like, can they not read? First off, these guys are all Top Gun graduates and they would know who this guy is because you would have studied what he did all those years ago. And plus he's wearing a name tape that says Top Gun Captain Pete Mitchell on it. Yeah, it clearly says he was in the he was he was a student. He was he was in the Top Gun school. They're all giving him shit, and it's like I think they probably would have known who he was in real life, and definitely not be giving him shit. <laughs> I mean, if someone existed like that and like basically wrote rewrote the book on the F fourteen, because that's something we didn't mention is like the old F 14s you know, are ancient dinosaurs. They're flying the F fifteens, and I don't even think they're they're flying the F eighteen now. Yeah, but it's F eighteen, the, the next yeah. generation. Yeah. And they're up like their F-18s are up against a fifth generation, which I didn't quite understand. Which, yeah, I didn't I didn't catch the I didn't catch the uh, make of this one, but it's definitely not the old F-105 they used from the from the first movie. Yeah. So basically what they're saying is like this one's badass and it's going to beat our badass jet. That's how badass it is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Val Kilmer, they play into his, um, you know, his his cancer. Uh, they basically they make the character have cancer and then get cancer again and he can barely speak. And I was like, that is a perfect way to do this. You know, that's and and Tom Cruise fought for him to be in this film because apparently the studio didn't want it. Well, it was just great to see Iceman and it was a really, really nice touch how they tied that in too with his like throat cancer. I think that's what he has. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Now how he can't talk and, uh, you know, this might be the last time we see him in anything. So if it is, that is a great way to go out. Great way to send him off. I mean, you know, at the very end, you know, they complete the mission and everything like that. And then we have the feel good moment of, you know, him like finally giving up on being the solo, the solo act and uh, him getting together with Penny. That's that's the way to send them all. Everyone went home happy. Yeah, he gets to go be with Penny. He gets to go be a stepdad. You know, him and Rooster are on good terms again. Um, he's trained all these new guys to come up. Uh, you know, Hangman kind of gets his, like, almost like his Iceman moment at the end of that movie. I, I, I only have two, like, small. And these are tiny. Teeny, 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 tiny. It felt a little templated at certain points. You know, like, where he comes in, the students disrespect him. He ends up being the instructor. Uh, some certain things, you know, like that, you know, we had the, them playing, um, great balls of fire on the piano. There were a few things that are a little templated from the first one, but I don't really care because the film was so damn good. Yeah. Uh, and then I was wondering, I was like, eh, is Penny necessary in this other than to make all of us feel good that he goes home with someone at the end? Cause I don't think she actually like contributed to the plot of the the whole film it's not like she like gave him an idea that would help him you know figure out how to teach these kids or anything you know what i mean it was just like no nah, she was just in there to to like make everyone feel good i guess being the owner of the top gun bar she knows all the little innuendos and rumors going on inside the top gun school all the time I do agree with you, but this just came back to me. I was so intimidated watching her sail that boat. Oh, yeah, that thing's hauling ass. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, I would not want to be doing that. And when he's taking the wheel, he's like, OK, I got this. I'd be like, you better keep your hands on this because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> like, I don't want to be the guy yeah. who dies in a sailing accident after, like, flying, you know, F-18s and test piloting and doing all this crazy shit and maneuvers. And then I die in a boat and 
But the great line was, she's like, oh, it's over there on starboard. You know, like she's like using um, some naval terms. And he goes, I, I fly planes in the Navy. I'm not on a boat or I land. He's like, yeah. He's like, I, I don't, he's like, land on boats. I don't sail them. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. <laughs> I was like, that's perfect. Actually, I take back everything. Just for that line, I want her in the movie. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would say the one thing at the end, that that uh, that plane getting blown up at the end by Hangman, that was kind of predictable. I kind of knew something like that was going to happen. But still, it also made uh, Hangman you know, a little bit of an anti-hero now. Yeah. And I think Top Gun does that with a lot of characters, like throughout its, its two films now, like Iceman became an anti-hero in a way. Maverick definitely was an anti-hero because you could easily say Maverick is a piece of shit in the first one. Oh, you can make the case. Yeah. If it's like a real school, you're like Iceman's the real hero of that movie. I mean, he's the only one who wants to fly safe and do things by the book. Maverick is like off doing his own thing all the time. And anytime anybody says like, says anything to him about it. I mean, he just like has a real kind of a shitty attitude and yeah. yeah. So Iceman, like in the real world, Iceman would be the guy that'd be the hero. Yeah. And that's why he became like an admiral actually. Yeah. It's an ad. He wasn't, no, was he? Yeah. He's a four-star admiral. The commander. He's a four-star admiral. Fleet. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, you don't get much higher than that. I, I do like at the one point when they're like, I can't believe you're not an admiral by now or a Senator. That made me <laughs> laugh. I'm like, wait, so his two options were admiral or senator. Yeah, just love how he goes around and like just <laughs> does everything he can to not get promoted and just piss people off. Well, could you imagine being a captain in the Navy right now? You know, you've been in like 25 years and you're a captain. And then this movie makes being a captain kind of seem like an insult. Be like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, in the real world, that's not an insult. That's pretty. That's a pretty respectable, well, a very respectable rank to reach. So. Yeah, I did get the point, though. Like, you've literally done everything. You've wrote the book on how to fly, how to be a dog pilot in a way, and you're still just a captain. <laughs> like, you you had to really work to not be an admiral. Like, you've, you've done some work here, Maverick. Oh, I love it. I love it. This whole movie is a treat. And like Brad said earlier, just go see it. You will not be disappointed. This is fantastic. You have my word. All right, let's go on to the museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out in the film jungle like Indy and bring something back. Brad, I didn't really tell you we were going to do the jungle in this one, but I said, you know what? I like this film so much. Let's do it. So uh, I'll go first. I love that they they brought back the uh, motorcycle where he's like flying with the jets taken off. Like, I don't oh, know yeah. what it was. That callback did it for me. That was the one where I got the most goosebumps. And I don't know why. Great scene to see that again. Dusting it off, you know, riding with no helmet, of course, because it's Maverick. So oh, yeah. he's going to ride with no helmet. Yeah. And as, as a father, I felt immediately like, Ugh, wear a helmet. Actually, before I even became a dad, it was more like, ugh. Wear a helmet. I've seen what happens when the people wreck. It's nasty. Scooping that shit off the road. So for me, I would have to say, just beyond the parade of one-liners, the the thing that I think that stood out to me the most was like, after Rooster gets shot down and Maverick runs up to him, he's like, what the hell were you thinking? You told me not to think. They just stare at each other. Oh, it's perfect. 
because he did exactly what he taught him to do. And he's like, ah, shit. There's like just several paragraphs of dialogue in his mind where he's like, ah, fuck. Yeah, I totally told you to. You know, I probably would have done the same thing, kid. Well, it's good to see you. <laughs> uh, no, that was probably the funniest moment in the movie. But there's, you know, there's other there's a bunch of other funny moments, too. Yeah, I can't wait to rewatch this. So I've seen it twice and it'll be, it'll be streaming in about, well, probably in about a month or a little over a month or so. Yeah, probably. But uh, I plan to watch it quite a bit. All right. Uh, that'll end it this week. So thanks for coming on, Brad. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So remember to be kind. Rewind. <laughs>